0: Hello and welcome to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm your host Emma Gibbs-Ung. Each show I'll be using a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading mindset trauma coach, helping to inspire, support and guide you to create a growth mindset so you can achieve success in all areas of your life. So are you ready to bring mindset to life and feel inspired? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. This week I'm joined by Hannah Garner, who is a confidence and mindset coach and podcast host, helping women tap into their own unique power, find their magic and live an abundantly confident life where self-doubt, negative self-talk and negative thought patterns are no longer the reason holding them back from the... uh, from their life, relationships and business. Hannah recently quit quit her high paid job, rented a house out and moved back in with her parents and went on a journey to figure out how she could could become her own boss and what that looked like. This was something that she'd always wanted to do. But despite knowing that she'd done the right thing, self-doubt kicked in big time with her and she was constantly questioning whether she had made the right choice, had she made a mistake, was she capable enough to pivot into the coaching role. After embarking on inner work, she has found the confidence to launch a podcast, create a coaching business, and has started to grow that to now create the life that she wants rather than the one working in the corporate side.
1: So welcome, Hannah. It's lovely to have you on the show. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm fantastic. Thank you. I'm really excited because this is my first time actually as a guest on a podcast, so I'm really excited (laughs) to see how it goes.
0: And we met because we both had the same thing in the fact that we both put posts out and got amazing responses for people who want to come on to, to the podcast. So I'm, I'm pleased that I'm your, your first one. Um, I, when I met you, I loved um, your energy and I loved your enthusiasm and your story. Um, and I know that self-doubt has played a huge part because it is a big thing to go from working in a high paid job that you know, Um, that's reliable, uh, where you've got your independence and to give all that up and to move back in with your parents while trying to figure out how to break into the entrepreneurial world, which is incredibly lonely and tough, but amazing at the same time, it is very scary. And so I'd love to know how you navigated through that, but more importantly, sort of what led you to make that decision to go from, you know, consistent salary and a reliable job to to jump into this business?
1: Well, yeah, Um, my story is probably a little bit different to some in the sense of, I've always known since I was a child that I wanted to be my own boss. I was constantly coming up with ideas. My mum always used to say to me, Write them down, write them down. And unfortunately for me, I never did. Maybe there was a million dollar idea in there, but (laughs) I always was that way inclined. um, And I never really knew what I wanted to do. You know, as you progress through school and they're like, What subjects do you want to do? And I was kind of really good at every, when I say really good, you know, I was above average in everything in terms of grades but nothing really stuck out to me and then I also got to point where I was at college and they were like think about university and to be honest I thought why am I paying loads of money to go do something that I'm probably not going to show up for you know I didn't want to be a doctor or something where you need that kind of university level um, degree and there wasn't much support from my college I knew I wanted money um, and I just thought What the hell can I do? And luckily for me, my parents were really supportive and always have been in terms of maybe not doing the norm. There was no, even though they'd gone to university, there was no pressure for me to like, do a particular career route or follow in their footsteps because they knew that whatever I'd do, I'd give it my all. And, you know, I, I'd shown that with grades in the past um, without their interference. So I kind of was thinking, how can I get money? How can I learn about business? And that's when I came across accountancy. And I didn't really know much about it. But the great thing was at the time for me, I didn't need a degree to do it. So I was like, right, this is a great start because I can start earning money. I'm not in a dead-end job, it's a career progression, I'm gonna learn about business, I'm not the best at maths, probably maths was one of my weaker subjects, but I was told, you know, you meet clients, you get taught things, and there was computers and calculators, so I was like, how hard can it be? So I went through quite a vigorous um, interview process and managed to get the first first job, um, kind of school leaver programme that I was introduced to, which I was really grateful for, and it was really tough actually, because you had to go through about five different things, tests and multiple interviews, all of that. And so I was like, right, this is it. I'm going into a career. Yay me. I'm going to be earning money. So that's what I did. And you know what? In hindsight, it was definitely beneficial. It was definitely meant for me because it really gave me a great introduction to businesses because I was going to different companies and seeing how they worked, looking at their finances. And so from that point of view, it was great. But when I started doing it I was studying at the same time as well to become chartered so I was working crazy hours I was driving a lot I was um you know missing out a lot at that age as well because all my friends had gone to uni but I was working and then having to study in the evenings and so I barely had weekends to myself either because I'd sometimes be driving down to a client on Sunday and so it was just a bit wild so I wasn't really getting the kind of early 20s experience bar the odd Trip to my friend's university halls. And um, I was kind of going along and thinking, yeah, this is great. I'm earning good money. And every year I got a little bit more money because I got closer to qualification. But I just felt like something was really missing. And I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I was just feeling stressed. I was feeling kind of really. Stuck, and to begin the first year or two, probably not because there was a lot. It was you know you meeting new people. It was really exciting. You were earning like a way you know way above people because they were at uni. And then it got to a point where I was like, I don't think this is going to be for me for the next forty years. Not not saying that I didn't enjoy it. There was elements that I definitely did, but I was thinking I am working so hard for somebody else. If I work this hard for myself, what could I do? So that kind of continued. But as I said, I was committed to doing the um, exams and that takes about four years because you're working full time as well. And they're very hard. They're like equivalent of master's degree, like less than 50 percent in the world actually pass them um, like as a statistic. So I was like, if I'm going to do it, I've got to do it because otherwise, I'm going to have to pay the company back. Um, And as I said, I was kind of getting by because I was meeting new people at the client. So that was really interesting to me. I love meeting new people. So it got to the end of the four years and I thought maybe a change in, in, in role will help. Maybe if I go into finance in another role, that would be really helpful. So I decided after a year to go into that and move into industry and I worked for a retail company in finance. And that's when it really highlighted to me how much, you know, as I was cr- progressing my career, I was going to have to sacrifice a lot. I obviously want a family at some point in my life and I could see like my financial director was a woman. I was quite lucky to be surrounded by really great women. Um, And she had no kids. Obviously, I I don't know the background to whether that was a choice or not. But ultimately, for me, the amount of hours she was working and what the, the financial controller, you know, she was always late picking up her kids. She couldn't go to school to school plays, all of this stuff and I know that's quite common amongst working women but for me that wasn't something I was prepared to let let go completely you know I really wanted to be able to when I'm a mum I want to be able to give my time and attention um but also have that financial independence that's so important to me I've always been super super independent even as a young child I think I learned to iron at like four because I was just like mum can I do that like let me help so I've always wanted to be really independent. And, you know, as much as I want to have that solid relationship and have a guy help, you know, without out, at the same time, I wanted to know that I can pay for my, my own way. I can do my own things. I don't have to need anybody else except myself in that sense. So I was thinking, how on earth am I going to do that? So I kind of got to a point where I was burnt out. I was working long hours. I was stressed. I wasn't fulfilled. And I was feeling like I knew I needed to do something else. And it got to the point where I just said to my mum, I said, this is like killing me. And um, it sounds in, at the time I was really good at masking it. But in hindsight, looking back at how well I am now and how healthy I am now, it really was taking a toll on my body. I didn't sleep well. I had less than five hours sleep. I was constantly wired. My eyes were bloodshot and red. I've got photos of myself with like the most red eyes. And I didn't even realise at the time it was just so normal to me. Um, and she could tell I just hated it. Um, I think the main bit, bit being, I felt I was boxed in. I couldn't really go and do the things, you know, my personality is very much sharing, bringing value, helping people, teaching, managing people. And I I couldn't do that. I was just behind a desk. And so, and I didn't really see how I could incorporate that into my role because there wasn't that kind of option in, in that work environment. So I, I just said to my mom, I said, I need to do something. I need to quit my job before I have kids. I need to do something. And she came back to me a few weeks later. And that was kind of in the work, one of the worst days. And she said, look, Hannah, I've been talking to your dad. And I actually, you know, we agree. It's, we can see it's having detrimental impact on you. Um, and we would be happy if you want to temporarily move back in and kind of pursue your entrepreneurial dreams like you always have. And at first I was like, no way, no way can I do that. Like, that's too much. And then the, once that idea had been planted in my head, all I could think about was leaving that job. And I thought, right, I need to do this because I'm not going to get this opportunity again. I'm very lucky that my parents offered to, to do that. You know, yes, I did have a house, but I bought it on the basis that I could rent it out anyway. So I knew it was very rentable. So I thought, let's do this. So I built up the courage to hand in my notice and I had a three month notice period because in finance, um, it's normally a bit longer than an average job um and so I did that and it was done I I handed it in I was really really nervous um because I didn't know how my um financial director was going to react and then I was like this is it this is it this feels great so I did that and then I got really excited I was actually working a network marketing um job alongside that I've been using the skincare for a while and so I thought well maybe when I leave I'll just start pursuing that first and um was great and I still still do 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 that and I look after my customers but when I left I suddenly was like what the heck do I do everyone kept saying to me you're so brave you're so fearless you're you know I wish I could do that and I didn't really understand the weight of what people were saying until I was suddenly at home at my parents sold all my furniture my house was rented and it was day one of being an entrepreneur and I didn't really have a plan and I wouldn't recommend this in hindsight, for most people, unless it's affecting your physical or mental health like like it was for me, I wouldn't recommend just going cold turkey, not mm-hmm. having an income, not having a backup, anything like that. Um, I definitely maybe do it in a slightly different way. But for me, that was like, I'm an all or nothing person. So I just went all in. And then I was sitting in the room like, so then um, what do I do now? And yeah. it was just one of those moments where you're like, wow, I really did that. And that is when all of a sudden, all of these thoughts started pouring into my head about, okay, what does it take to be an entrepreneur? entrepreneur? Can I do this? What what does that look like? How can I grow my business? What resources do I have? How do I find a mentor? All of these things. And it was a little bit overwhelming. I'm not going to lie. So that's kind of like my background and how I got to where it was. But I think for me, and, and I'll just add this in, maybe some of your listeners might not know about this, but for those that may do, um, I, in my human design, um, I am a manifesting generator. And I've only been learning about this for the last year and a half. Mm. But in as part of that, my design um, type is to basically, when I'm in alignment and I'm satisfied, what that looks like is I am meant to pivot when things are no longer lighting me up. I'm meant to be multi directional. I'm meant to go A to Z to D and not have any line and prior to knowing about human design I guess I'd always kind of followed that but didn't really understand that and didn't I I thought that that was an issue I thought that was a problem I didn't really I thought that was a I guess a weakness of mine that I didn't necessarily see see things through that I was a quitter all of that but actually in hindsight I obviously I was getting burnt out because I wasn't satisfied I wasn't doing enough that was filling me up Um, and so then for me to go and pivot was actually me moving into living in my, my design more. And and as I said, now I know that it makes so much sense. But at the time, it was really bloody scary, to put it nicely.
0: I'm smiling
1: because
0: I honestly feel like you're a younger version of me. Um, everything you're saying is a, a lot of of what I thought. I'm a manifesting generator as well, actually. Um, I, and I, I'm just starting to get into that a lot more and, and really understanding it. And I think it is incredible. But... Um, growing up I always knew that I wanted more I was not particularly good at authority or being told what to do and Mm. um, not that I was rude or rebellious in any way it's just just the thought of being in an office or something like an everyday job just felt very trapped and like Mm. an aged animal for me and I wanted to be more bit more Mm. free-spirited I was made redundant rather than the um, quitting my job but again then kind of stepping away from that knowing that this is your opportunity to then be like whoa now what does that mean yeah um and what does that look like I'd love to kind of just dive into that um a bit more because I think you know there's a lot of people that stay in jobs that are very unfulfilling um that don't satisfy them but they have a massive fear of well I've got a mortgage to pay you know um, it's not too bad, I've got great friends there, whatever, it gives me a good lifestyle, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And they almost compromise their happiness and well being for the security of financial and, and friendship. And the reality mm-hmm. is obviously we can you can get that when mm-hmm. you step out. It's not, it's something you are responsible for rather than getting a salary that is a non negotiable comes in every month. Yeah. It's very different, but it's a limitless supply rather than mm-hmm. a cap supply. But that aside, there are a lot of people that feel trapped in this cycle and might not even know that they're unhappy because they don't ever check in and, and see for themselves mm. that they are. Very similar to what you were saying, the fact that only now when you look back that you see that you have bloodshot eyes and you didn't feel great because you know what feeling great is now, mm. because you, you feel it. And I think. Is the one thing that petrifies me the most is that so many people just accept that way of living because that's how they've been brought up to live. Um, yeah. and that's their you know the expectation of society. Go to school, go to uni, get a job, have a mortgage, get a pension, blah 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 blah. Um, and you know the reality is that doesn't suit everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you doesn't suit you, mm-hmm. um, and you can tell in your journey when you were working that you're clearly very self-motivated and driven, but you're also searching for that missing thing. Yeah. Um, by you know, well, this will give me the money. Um, and you love making money, and I love that you love making money. Um, but then it was like, but that's not fulfilling me. Let me try this. Yeah, that's still not f-. and it was almost reaffirming that actually, well, I've tried all these things and they're not working. Um, but to then take that leap, um, I'd love you to talk me through the first couple of weeks of what you did um, and the emotions that like you touched on it earlier like have I made the right thing a right decision um, mm-hmm. have I made a mistake but what you did internally to help you to keep that dream alive and to keep focus, because whenever we make decisions the first couple of weeks months are the hardest because mm-hmm. that's when our resistance is at the highest because mm-hmm. we're going against everything we know Um, And it's very easy to fall back into the comfort. Yeah, I think when people start to hear how other people have navigated through that, it gives them hope that it's possible. So I'd love for you to just share how you navigated through that. Was there any strategies or whatever that that you turned to?
1: Yeah, so I'm definitely going to dive into that. I just want to add first, and for anybody who is listening to this, feeling stuck firstly just quickly you don't necessarily have to want to be an entrepreneur to cultivate a life that you dream of it doesn't have to look the same as everybody else so for me that was that and that was my ambition but for some people it's just a case of finding jobs that you love even if it's in a nine-to-five setting but also mm-hmm. putting your priorities your needs your desires first and so mm-hmm. if that means take, taking less pay um but having a less stressful job or taking a career change, all of that can can be possible for anybody. So when I'm talking about this, use what I'm saying as inspiration and motivation for any anybody, it doesn't have to just be for entrepreneurship. And I think cultivating the life that you deserve is so important, because ultimately, we can't get our health back. Um, So if we're constantly undermining our health and putting our health needs first we're going to pay for it later so it doesn't blooming matter how much money you've got if you're mentally and physically and emotionally drained and stressed consistently which a lot of the um i think population have been for a while um, and i think covid's really highlighted that because when people suddenly had a ah like I understand there were mental stresses and nuances with that as well but actually having to not commute not have the stress of work colleagues and all of that they suddenly realize whoa hold on a minute I was putting up with that I think it really highlighted that Mm. so definitely use this conversation to inspire you to make small changes as I said it doesn't have to be as drastic as I did and it can be done slowly and surely um you know but definitely worth doing so for me I'm not gonna lie to you I know that I definitely had a bit of a comfort blanket in the sense of my parents had agreed to let me move home I know that's not possible for everybody I'm aware of that and I'm grateful for that but I honestly would have done it regardless I would have probably had to figure out a slightly different way as I said um and so for people in this situation wanting to make a change and saying you know I did have a mortgage still I still had bills to pay um I couldn't just suddenly have no money coming in but I would say you know there's lots of ways you can work around that but the first few weeks honestly felt like a holiday because I think I was just so I was just so ready to not be working that I actually just rested so for me actually Un, maybe compared to some people I wasn't worrying I wasn't panicking I didn't have maybe as you say the the fears kicking in immediately because I actually just my body was just like oh I can rest for a minute so actually the first few weeks didn't feel real it didn't I felt like as though I was going to actually go back to work and this was just a temporary kind of longer extended holiday but I think for me after so I quit my job end of September 19. so Kind of the, the the first month or two, because Christmas came up and I was just kind of like, yay, get a little part time job just to keep some money coming in, building my business, getting to kind of do the coffee dates with my business friends in who were part of my network marketing company. All of that was kind of great. And I was I went to events, I did the things, and I was like, this is great. But then after Christmas, I think the reality really kicked in of, OK, I really need to start. Figuring out exactly what I want to do, how I'm going to make money um, that's sustainable and also consistent, and what does that look like? Who can I speak to? And that in the January, that's when I started getting really kind of sucked into a hole of how on earth do I do this? So the self doubt was really kind of okay. The first few months haven't gone as planned. You know, you've kind of taken it easy. Let's do this. Let's go all in. And I was in a bit of a weird space because i i kind of had this framework because with the network marketing I'm, there's a system and there's a framework and it helps people succeed if you go all in but i still feel like i wanted to make it my own which you definitely can but i was thinking for the last seven years i don't even know what like who i am as a person really because i'd just been doing a job So I kind of was trying to figure out who I was at the same time, which sounds wild. But if somebody had said to me at that time, what makes you happy? I couldn't have answered the question, which is sad. And that's probably a reality for most people. Yeah, it is. Um, And and I was thinking, wait, I don't even know. Apart from holidays, I used to work a lot and spend a lot of money on holidays. That was my only thing. Um, But obviously, when you're trying to build a business and save money and I'd cut back all my overheads, a holiday wasn't even on my priority list. So that was that taken out of the equation. So I was trying to figure out who I was at that time and how I could become this entrepreneur. And so i had been doing mindset and, and for a while now, I've been, do- been on a self-development journey. It was, it was very um, present in my life, but there wasn't really any structure to it. There wasn't really any kind of reason for it. I just used to watch motivational videos, read a book, learn about this, learn about that, but nothing really came together. And so I suddenly started having these feelings of, and and this is where I'll, I'll share my tools in a minute. Of right, I am really kind of in a in a unique and great position. However, I should be be able to do more. I should be absolutely killing it. I have no excuses because. I am, as I said, supported by my family, generally speaking. They don't get what I was doing and still don't, but they will support me in the sense of, you know, they understand I need to, to be me and do my things my way. And I was like, I have a supportive family. You know, I don't have, I have a nice friendship group. I haven't got any big stresses. My house is rented. Like there was nothing that happened to me in my childhood that was a big trauma. And for me, I was like, I have no reason not to succeed. So I got into a toxic habit of, well, I don't have trauma. I have half of the things that half of the world are experiencing. I don't have any of that. So I I literally have no reason not to succeed. And whilst on a a very literal level, that is absolutely true. Of course, we are in a privileged position compared to a lot of people who have very limited choices in this world. However, what i want to the reason i'm sharing this is that was a really toxic mindset to get into because as soon as i started thinking like that the pressure mm. that i was all of a sudden imposing on myself and the expectation i was putting on myself literally put me into freeze mode put me into fear mode put me into oh my god how am i going to do this and so that's why i'm bringing this up so yes the underlying message we can say is true but is that is that right and should we be just because that's your situation should we be accepting that absolutely not we shouldn't be sharing we shouldn't be putting those kind of thoughts or ahead it was a very yeah. negative thought pattern and so that was my first in the new year my first kind of real like moment where my mind kind of went really muddled and all the self-doubt was kicking in and this toxic thought pattern happened so I had to kind of really go inwards and think, okay, where the hell is this coming from? What am I I doing? And so for me, my first few things I did was bringing it back to being grateful every morning because I was like, right, I have so much to be grateful for. I need to kind of stay in a really good vibration. I need to keep my energy high. So I started doing my gratitudes in the morning. Sometimes I'd write it down on paper sometimes I write notes on my phone sometimes I'd just say them out loud in the shower when I was getting ready for the morning so that was the first thing and I definitely think moving my attention away from that negative thought pattern to, to to things I'm grateful for really helped me just kind of ground a bit more not feel so frantic and scared and fearful the next thing that I actually did was started journaling I, I had dabbled in journaling and that was really helpful for me but I'd never really I, I kind of more just checked in with how I was at the you know day-to-day or how are you feeling today etc but I was like I need to really get to the bottom of this weird toxic thought pattern I'm getting into around doubt and why I literally have no reason not to succeed and why I'm putting this pressure on myself and so I started journaling about it and This is definitely something that's continued way past the first few months. But for me, I had to understand where this was coming from. And I just started asking myself questions and it didn't come up immediately. And that was the thing that was really interesting was it took a lot of digging and a lot of because it was almost like my my ego was trying to protect me. So for me, you know, it was trying to keep me comfortable. It was trying to keep me safe. And I needed to understand why. But at the time, I didn't realize that's what it was doing. It was only as I was going on this journey. And I suddenly realized that after journaling and asking, let me just try, I I don't remember exactly, but the kind of things that I'd be asking is, why do I feel that I need to put this pressure on myself? what what why why are these thoughts coming up and I and I I didn't always have answers I would just kind of write allow what came up and it took me asking the questions over and over again and sitting with it over and over again to kind of see what came up and actually what was really interesting one of the first things that came came to me was well two things number one you don't you don't deserve to be successful quickly and easily because You know, your dad has worked really hard. My dad's been uh, worked really, really, really long hours for his whole life. He's moved. He went from a council estate to earning really good money, worked his way through jobs, always provided for the family. And he was like, I remember back when I was younger, although they were supportive, just things like, oh, you, like I'd say oh I want to be a millionaire I want to get this salary and they were like you're not going to get that straight away you're going to have to work really hard for that and all of those kind of things which wasn't necessarily they weren't it wasn't in, intentionally trying to mm-hmm. hinder me or put any ideas in my head it was just what they believed and obviously those beliefs get kind of if they're you're around yeah. that getting printed into you so that was the first one is I can't succeed quickly um and, and effortlessly or when I say effortlessly obviously I know entrepreneurship is not easy but in the sense of doing something that really lights you up and that is you know your thing and then the second thing was um I had a fear of success if I become successful because I already was very driven I was already very different to people that I was around not in in any in any way other than I just had different views I just like had different ways of doing things so I didn't really feel like I fitted in any way in some respects and I was like if I become successful then I'm actually going to become less relatable and I'm going to fit in even less and that was a real revelation to me and but at the time I didn't have anybody to really talk to about this because nobody was doing the entrepreneur thing nobody was in my space everyone had a nine to five everybody was just wouldn't understand and so I was left with these ideas and I was like wow what do I do with them Mm. and so it was a real weird weird time really like it was like the highs in one respect because I was left my job and I was pursuing my my dreams but I didn't know what that looked like and then the lows of wait I've got all of this baggage that I need to deal with I've got all this self-doubt I've got all of these issues not issues in us but things that are coming up and I don't know how, what to do with them and I, I'm just sitting here thinking I'm in freeze mode thinking what am I going to do
0: I love that you know, journaling is so, so powerful, um, as you've just explained, because we often are so caught up in our head. And like you said, it took a long, long time to get to the bottom of it. Mm. And this is the thing is quite often people will just do the, the basic stuff to scratch the surface and not really dive deep. Mm. Uh, and they're two really big blocks mm. that, that you had, but actually are very, very common. Um, with a lot of people, because we are brought up to believe that we have to work hard in order to make money. And therefore, there is an element of disbelief, lack of trust and guilt in the fact that if I make money easily, then there's something wrong with that. Um, Especially when you've been surrounded by people who have worked really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is huge. And again, fear of success I think is something that's quite misunderstood because so many people focus on the fear of failure. And that's such Mm -hmm. a massive one that when someone then says, you know, do you have a fear of being successful? People are like, no, me, I'd love to be successful. But obviously, like you say, what comes from that is that that then almost isolates you from your peer group. Because there is an element of not understanding. There could be an element of jealousy with you going on to do things they have perhaps always wanted to do, but don't have the courage to, to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also when it, it, you are successful, it's then how is my life going to change? Like, I, I think I perhaps struggle with that a little bit with because I've set my business up. So it's around my son. that mm-hmm. whenever he is off, like you said earlier, whenever he is off, I am off. Mm -hmm. Um, After holidays and that was really important for me and that's one of my values and and shows that I'm being successful but then I think that on the flip side you then think well if I get too busy then I won't be able to do that and so you have that in a conflict of um, I can't be too successful because if I get too successful then I won't be able to have the the summer holidays off with my son Um, and that is a real battle to to have um, and again, as I said, because it's quite misunderstood, because no one really seems to focus on that part, they'll no. failure. Yeah. People perhaps poo-poo that idea or don't necessarily ever come up with with that um knowledge of, well, actually, I'm scared of, of being successful here because mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that's gonna bring. How did you once you discovered these two things mm-hmm. and knowing the the magnitude of it and the impact that that potentially could have? On everything that you do Mm -hmm. how have you managed to work through that
1: oh well that's been a a long yeah um to be fair I I do um I do feel as though those things are cleared from my point of view now um I can't pinpoint a specific thing that helped with that except that I started doing a lot of inner work Um, And especially because obviously just after all this happened, we went into the pandemic. So we were dealing with a whole new world that nobody was familiar with, lots of time on our hands, all of that stuff. So that really gave me the opportunity to start investing in myself in terms of from a strategy and learning point of view, learning new skills and, and stuff around entrepreneurship and business and all of those stuff. But then at the same time, it also allowed me to kind of really do some inner work. I did a few courses around manifestation and things like that, which don't seem related, but just learning about more about the subconscious mind and things like that really aided my own work. But for me, it's just been a kind of an an unfolding of getting to a point where you, it all came back to, okay. And I'd say actually thinking about it now, this has been the, two of the biggest things that have helped me um, get past all of those things. First of all, compassion for yourself. You can always have compassion for yourself, even if you don't love yourself in moments. And this applies to people who say, oh, I struggle with self-love. This applies to people who struggle with negative self-talk. This applies to, like, literally anybody who struggles with anything internal, having compassion for yourself is one of the easiest things to do because, you don't always love yourself if you don't feel your best or if you've, you've reacted in a way that you used like in a way that you don't like anymore, you know, an old version of you and somebody's triggered you and you react in an old way. You don't always love yourself. You feel a bit crappy about it. But one thing you can do is learn to be compassionate for yourself. OK, I messed up, but I'm human. I'm here. I'm, I'm going to correct this. It's OK. So for me, learning to be compassionate for myself. So Hannah, you're trying your best. You're doing the thing that everybody is saying is scary. You should be proud of yourself. And this wasn't something that was like immediate. I had to figure it out and I had to start doing the work. So for me, that was when I caught myself in a negative headspace or sharing a negative thought in my mind, I would have to consciously and with awareness stop that and say, no, I'm going to actually choose to reframe that. Or I'm going to, and I would literally, in my. this is like a a, a thing that was going on in my head. I'd take a minute and I'd reframe it and say something positive. Or I'd say, I choose not to take on that belief. So it was a lot of inner mental chatter, which maybe, I don't know if everybody else has this. This was just what was happening for me. But doing that, the more I started becoming aware, the more I started flipping the script, the more I started changing that negative self-talk, the more I found myself being more positive about situations anyway, and then bringing in that element of compassion for myself. And then, as I said, you know, we are human. There's lots of stuff that goes on and we're never going to have it hundred percent, right. We're never going to be perfect. It's always going to be a journey, but in those moments where it's not going right, I can always be compassionate to myself and to others, but obviously in what we're talking about is to myself. So the compassion element has been a big, big, almost, unfolding of all my so i i I definitely was a bit of a perfectionist i i really had um very big perfectionist tendencies and pressure and competition with myself and always striving for better i had these blocks and so bringing in that compassion has almost unraveled that because i can always basically give reframe it um so compassion was the first thing and then the next thing was basically just to kind of sit with things and give myself space because in this world I definitely think we constantly you know we're always constantly go 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 as you say you don't get a chance to sit with your feelings so I realized very quickly that these blocks are massive but I, it's okay they're okay they're there but to sit with them and allow me to actually feel the emotions, ride through what that brings up, and actually work through that, rather than trying to suppress them more, rather because it's very easy to be like, "Oh, well, it's okay. I'll be successful. I'll be fine." Positive, positive thoughts, and what I like to call fake positivity, and actually, that's not going to help you either because it's always going to sit underneath the surface, bubbling away. So for me, my tactic has been basically sitting with feelings and beliefs and thoughts. And just, as I said, journaling them out, deciding to rewrite what actually, um, you know. So, yes, one thing I do is like, yes, this is a belief and this is one one perspective. I, I if I'm successful, I'm going to be isolated. But then I would rewrite a new perspective and um like I imagine somebody else came up to me and gave me a new perspective and I'd write it down so yes okay it could isolate me by being successful but on the flip side what if I meet new incredible people what if um actually my friends still love me for who who I am and we can still do the things we want to do what if um you know, looking around me, there's loads of successful people I know that have amazing support systems. And so I I do this like what I call a what if game all the time, but also giving another's perspective, because then it didn't feel so scary. It didn't feel so crazy that my mind was thinking about this. And it also felt more achievable to move away from being scared of being that of that success to actually moving into wanting to be successful so I use that quite a lot not just for those blocks but for things that come up that's like my main tactic so those two things have been game-changing to me and that's honestly why I believe I am where I am now in terms of mentally because I have allowed myself to do that and as I said I did a lot of that in, in lockdown it was a real go inward moment and yes I had my wobbly bits and there was a lot of I felt very boxed in not being able to go out and do the things um, and be creative but ha- the last year of the first year of lockdown allowed me to elevate my mindset and my whole life in terms of that way in a in a way I don't think I would have been able to do had I not had that time.
0: I love that. Honestly, Hannah, I I love your energy, but there are two incredibly powerful messages that you've just shared with people. And I think compassion is is underused on so many levels Mm -hmm. um, and yet has the power to uplift us in Mm -hmm. in ways that just nourish our soul and our energy. Um, I have this if I have a negative thought, I flick it out of my head yeah um and i remember um interviewing someone and um there is are a sportsman um a professional cricketer and he said every time he went onto the field he would almost take stuff out of his head and flick it out into like the not the crowd but nowhere near the pitch and then when he's yeah. on the pitch that was it he was clear minded but yeah I, I people are like what are you doing i'm like i'm just flicking a, a thought out of my head yeah um, That's my anchor. But I think, again, if you can stop, like you say, stopping yourself and acknowledging the comments that you're saying and then changing it and speaking with compassion is incredible because our voice is our voice. We can't get away from our voice. Um, And we often speak to ourselves in a way that we just never would with other people. Yeah. And it's disgusting. Like, yeah.
1: One of my mottos is speak to yourself like you would your best friend. Exactly. Because that, that, and that came from the compassion piece because you, as you say, you wouldn't say that to your, Like if your best friend was going through a tough time, you wouldn't be like, oh, you're a terrible person. Why are you doing this? You'd be like, oh, don't worry. You know, we'll figure it out. It's going to be okay. So yeah, that is like a very important part of the whole process for me.
0: I think that's a game changer. I mean, my coach said to me, would you hang out with someone who spoke to you the way that you speak to yourself? And it's <laughs> absolutely not. And it's yeah. like, that was a real kind of, um, sting for me because I'm so passionate like so passionate so protective and so loyal with my friends if anyone yeah. anything, boom, I'm on I'm on to yeah. that person and yeah I wasn't displaying that behavior with myself and it was like yeah. wow like I think I'm being nice to myself but Christ I speak to myself like shit yeah That's
1: yeah,
0: not cool yeah That's cool because if someone else spoke to me like that I'd fucking go mental at them
1: yeah
0: how dare they but I was doing it and somehow we all think that that's okay for us to do that to ourselves and and it's really not Mm. so I love that you know that compassion played a massive massive part um in in being gentler and kind to yourself and um, more loving and that is a massive form of self-care and again I think people have a stigma with self-care and self-love and they think, oh you know i'm not i can't do that i don't want to like work on loving myself but just things like that showing yourself kindness is an amazing form of self-care and does not take long like you know celebrating successes talking yourself around like if they, if you make mistakes all of that sort of stuff you know my son's five and i think christ I really need to speak to myself the way that I speak to him because I encourage him on so much. Mm. If he is feeling sad, I find something straight away to make him feel really positive Mm. about himself. And I'm like, if I can do that to him, why can I not do that to myself? Because I know it works. That's why I'm doing it to him. And yet I'm not doing it to myself. Um, And the other one that you said about sitting with your um, feelings and emotions, this is something I think scares a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, because they feel that they um, can't slow down and can't just sit because Mm -hmm. especially when you're trying to do something, then um, you've got to be seen to be busy. And it goes back to that whole working hard. Mm -hmm. So we seem to be be being busy. um, But also when you sit with your emotions, sometimes people are scared of what's going to come up. Yeah, um, But I actually think, you know, when you sit in silence or sit with your emotions, you get to rationalize, process, digest, absorb yeah. and go of so many different things. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is vital. And yeah. I love your idea of the, the what if game. I think, you know, there's a lot of power that can come in to that. Yeah.
1: And you can use it in lots of different scenarios as well. And that's the great thing. You know, I I did a post the other day on Instagram with the self-care thing, like uh, in, in the day, like what if today for just pure indulgent purposes, you did one thing that gave you joy and then it makes it less scary for people because, you know, doing something for yourself when you've got so much else to do and you might have kids and all of that can seem really scary and really difficult and like, oh, selfish. Why would I do that? Whereas actually, if you just make it lighter and make everything lighter and make game, make life more of a game, it takes the pressure off you. And no, it's not easy immediately. And it's taken me time to get here. But once I started practicing that, that was the quickest unfolding from going from being stressed, burnt out, having all these limiting beliefs uh, to being way freer and feeling lighter and feeling good about myself, having a strong self image and yes, there's still moments of self-doubt that crop up, we are human, it's, and and everything's going to come up, but I know how to deal with those, and I know how to work through them, I know how to, I don't want to use the word silence, but I know how to nip them in the bud, and reframe them so that they are positive, and so that they actually propel me forward, and not hold me back, Mm -hmm. and yes, everything about emotions coming up is difficult, but And I found that really difficult because I didn't know how to deal with emotions. But one of the biggest things I've learned is if we allow, if we look at the emotions and let the feelings come head on from the beginning, the emotions move through you a lot quicker rather than suppressing, 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 which a lot of people, including myself, have done in their lifetime so then you've already suddenly got a big compounded amount of emotion so that first few times probably is going to feel rough and i'm not going to deny that but you've got to think of it as is a way to release your body of everything because it will it will hold in your body so I don't, whether people know this or not but emotions can manifest into physical ailments and I'm a big believer of that having been where I have been and seeing what has happened to me on and, and my journey and and, I've, and people around me so allowing the emotions to move through you by journaling sitting with yourself but also things like moving your body letting like dancing around the room I, I shake regularly if I've got things like I feel really emotional or I feel like my energy is stuck, or something, I shake out. Like there's loads of things I've tried, but those, even they're so little and they're free. Yes, you can do subconscious healing. And, and, you know, I know you're a hypnotherapist. There's so many things out there that you can tap into theta healing, the lot. I've done it all. And I'm not saying that they don't have their place and they're great, but there's also things that people who are starting their journey can do and can use that are free and easy. Um, you've just got to start being aware. Start doing the little steps and just taking it easy on yourself, and you will learn to go from being in a negative thought pattern and being in a negative space to slowly feeling more positive, learning how to work with your emotions, knowing that emotions aren't bad, they are there to show, they are there to highlight something to you. If you're feeling a certain way, then look at that and say, I feel this way because X, Y, Z, and then move that energy, move that emotion, and you're going to feel 10 times better. And that's that's what I've been through. And that last year, 18 months, is that's when I've, as I said, elevated myself to the next level in terms of how I feel and how grounded I feel in myself and how peaceful I feel, I would say.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's so much power in play and fun. Mm. Um, I, I, again, I still think you are this more, this younger version of me because I shake. Yeah. <laughs> like this, yeah. where I get up and do a little dance and, yeah. and sing like no one's listening because they wouldn't want to listen because I <laughs> um but when you do things like that as well and you move your energy there's a smile that comes on your face and mm-hmm. very hard to be pissed off when you've got a smile on your face as well yeah. um but you've made such a valid point and quite often again people get so caught up in any of these things thinking oh I'm not ready to make the changes yet because I haven't got the time to do the big stuff I, ha- I can't mm-hmm. I haven't figured out exactly everything that I need to do. And mm. so people wait and hesitate and hold back. Um, and therefore tomorrow never comes. But yeah. the reality is that a lot of these things are small millimeter changes that we can do. Yeah. Do big, big things. And if yeah. you change your mood by a millimeter or two or that vibration up a notch, if you do that every single day, can you imagine the different path you will end up being on by just those small things? And playing around with what feels right for you is so essential. Going back to mm. when, when we were growing up, we used to play all the time. Mm. Somewhere along the line, we got told to stop playing. Yeah. The reality is that when you play and you use your imagination, your mind creates your reality. And again, somewhere along the line, we focus on what we don't want rather than what we do.
1: Yeah.
0: You just for five minutes get lost in a little daydream of shaking, of dancing, of dreaming, of um, being out in nature, of stripping everything back and just showing gratitude and just being in the moment. That is fuel for your mind, mm-hmm. the potential to catapult you into yeah. another level. It, you know, five minutes might feel like such a small thing, But if you're doing that with your mind every single day, you are building an opportunity to go down a totally different path.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a journey. And I'm not here from a day's work or the odd shake. I am here from consistently deciding to show up for myself, even when it's tricky, even when it's hard, even when it doesn't feel easy. Because at the end of the day, I'm like, I've only got one life. I want to give my best, not just to myself, but to everybody else. And, you know, if you'd spoke to me four or five years ago, I would have felt selfish saying, I want the best for myself. I would have been like, and people think you're arrogant and there's a whole lot of conditioning around just being able to prioritize yourself. But for me, having done the work, gone through the process, still going through the process, it's always a process. But again, I allow myself to have joy in the process, not just making it feel hard and heavy all the time. You know, I I allow myself to sometimes do the heavy work, but then I give myself a break. I'm like, life is for living. And again, that was something I wasn't doing. I was always like, I need to heal. I need to get better. I need to do this. I need to do that. And that in itself, was was hindering my progress because there was the again the pressure but just allowing ourselves to to do a little bit more and take care of ourselves we are going to be able to give so much more to other people our families our friends because if you're in a good like let's think about a situation when you get home from work and you've had a horrid day and you feel you feel disgusting and you've had stress you're most likely going to take it out on your kids and your partner and be dead stroppy right it is what it is it's how we are as humans but let's just say you've actually been able to start working on your mindset, doing the little things, feeling better about yourself, you're filling your cup, then you're going to get home and you ain't going to be struggling with your kids. So it's not selfish. It's a priority because it's going to ripple out to everybody around you. And that's one of the biggest things I realized is the more I work on my energy, I'm going to inspire others to do the same and I'm going to give people permission to, Love themselves, to take care of themselves, to prioritize themselves so that they can then allow that ripple effect to happen. And so that was one of the biggest things for me as well. Uh, I'll add is moving. The, and as I said, this has not happened. This is more, more of a recent revelation. This has taken me a long time to get to, but making it about others rather than myself mm-hmm. has helped me realize that my, um, it has taken the pressure off, right? If I'm there adding value to others i i can show up because i'm doing it for others not myself if i'm there um doing the mindset work and raising my energy and pouring into my cup and doing it for others because i know i'm going to be a better friend a better girlfriend a, a better daughter so once i started as well looking at it like that i was like whoa whew, the pressure's gone now right yeah. i don't have that same pressure and especially with everything that's happened with covid and, and everything like that people's mindsets and you know i've seen a lot of division and i've nearly been sucked up into it myself at times i'm not even going to deny that again we are human we are not perfect but i took a step back and realized you know that everybody has different truths and perspectives in this matter but one 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 thing i really realized during this time was people need elevating people need people with good energy with Mm -hmm. with good intentions to elevate them because everybody's struggling and so just having that mindset shift really helped um just take that pressure off um and I think that's one of the it's never selfish to prioritize yourself and I don't think people share that enough because they say fill your own cup before others but why the reason being is because you can serve other people better if you're filled up you can't serve your other people um and when I say serve that could be in a business sense but also a family sense or friendship sense if you I'd constantly drain, constantly stressed, constantly ratty, constantly short with people just because you're not giving yourself the time and the love that you need.
0: 100%. Amen to that, my darling. Amen. Oh, the ripple effect is huge. It is yeah. so huge. Um, and when we make it about others, then it sits nicer with ourselves sometimes. But the reality is other people benefit so much more by us looking after ourselves. Equally, mm-hmm. we let other people down when we don't look after ourselves and mm-hmm. you know, so that's why like on a plane when they say put the oxygen mask on your yourself first I was like are you actually joking there's no way that I would do that I would like obviously look to help my son first but now I'm like no I get it because what good is going to be to him if I can't, yeah. I can't help myself to help others um so powerful Hannah you've been amazing absolutely thank awesome. you loved our chat I think you've shared some really really powerful things that have the potential to really help a lot of people um, and that is what this is all about so I really do appreciate your honesty and um, coming um, on the show today to share that with us how can people stay connected to you
1: so I'm currently mid-website um, building so I, I'm not available to check out on website on the website but I have my podcast Empower Thyself with Hannah Garner which I know you're coming on shortly so I'm really excited to do role reversal with that. That's a really good tool because I share a lot of stuff on there and mainly Instagram so at Hannah Kate Garner. I am very active on there. I will Love to hear people's DMs, and if you get any takeaways from this, please tag us because I always love to hear what people have benefited from. I'm a podcast junkie; I have learned so much from them. And so now that it's role reversals, and I'm either a guest or doing this episode, when people tell me, "Oh, I really resonated with this," or "I took this away," I'm just like, "Yes, we've 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 done what we needed to do yeah. here." So they're the they're the best ways um, to get me. And I've got like a link in my bio for any of the bits that people want to kind of look into
0: awesome well i'll add all of that into the show notes but it's
1: amazing
0: thank you so much and and like Hannah said you know if there's any questions that have come off the back of this um episode then please reach out to either one of us um we will make sure that we're there to support you but thank you once again and yeah
1: thank you for having me i've loved it
0: oh it's been amazing it's been amazing and thank you everybody for listening and i look forward to seeing you all next week so bye for now bye